Welcome. My name is Douglas Lodmel, your asset protection attorney, and uh, this is the frequently asked questions regarding protecting real estate. So this goes with the key concepts of protecting real estate. If you haven't yet listened to those key concepts, one through six, I really recommend that you do. Um, it's very important because it really explains step by step how you protect real estate. But there are three questions that I want to go over here that I hear all the time when talking about how do we actually protect real estate. So question number one is, does the bridge trust still work with real estate since I can't move the properties offshore as easily as I can move cash or securities? Well, this really is the $64,000 question. And um, it, it's very insightful because the concept of the bridge trust is to be able to move the assets away from the liability. But real estate can't be moved. However, if you go back to concept number one, which is looking at what matters is the net equity in the real estate, not the gross fair market value of the real estate, then it starts to make more sense. So if we have real estate worth $2 million and it's completely paid for, that means there's $2 million that is available in the U.S. Now, if done properly, that real estate is going to be in an LLC or multiple LLCs, which in turn are going to be owned by the holding company, which in turn is owned by the bridge trust. So that structure itself is likely, and in most cases, in my experience, going to be enough. That alone will protect the real estate. However, let's say that it's not enough. Let's say we have a catastrophic type of liability that we really believe is going to absolutely um, be devastating and, and that a court is going to try every possible way to get into whatever assets that you have. In that case, we know we have a very serious problem. So we are going to go to the most drastic measures necessary to protect that $2 million. Well, the first one is just sell the real estate. You can sell it because the LLC owns it. The LLC is owned by your holding company. So if you sold the real estate, the proceeds would go to the LLC, which in turn is owned by the holding company which in turn is owned by the bridge trust. So the money would actually stay inside of the bridge trust and then the money can physically be moved offshore to a Swiss bank account in the control of the offshore trustee. And then if the liability does come down and, and comes to fruition, their access to the money is, is, is different. You know, it's very, very difficult to get into a foreign trust with offshore assets. Or... The other option is to strip the equity from the real estate. Now, if you have $2 million worth of equity in the real estate with good cash flow, and again, we have a potential lawsuit, but we, you know, there's no judgment yet. We're not talking about doing this post-judgment. Then getting a loan on that property is possible. You can either do it conventionally with a bank, or if that's not possible because let's say the lawsuit has been filed and the banks are no longer willing to lend to you, then it can be done with unconventional loans or alternative lending. There are many sources of this. You can go all the way to hard money, which charges is 10% and will give you uh, a loan, to private lenders, which are uh, offshore or domestic, that will charge you a reasonable interest rate to strip the equity out of there. In many cases, um, they're not so concerned with anything but the value of the property. And they might loan 80 or even 90% of the value of that property. Now, caveat here, it's got to be a real lender. It can't be a phony lender. So if it's a phony lender, um, like you set up a Wyoming LLC and you record a mortgage on your own, that's going to collapse if looked at closely by a court or by a creditor. 
I've seen it happen. It's not a good plan. I still see lots of uh, attorneys or asset protection specialists out there that are still advising that structure. I do not recommend it. It's, it's just a smoke and mirror structure. If you want to set it up to put some smoke and mirrors, that's fine. But know that it's not going to hold up under scrutiny. Better is a real lender. And believe me, it is possible even late in the game. Um, but remember, worst case scenario, would you rather have your $2 million or would you rather have your real estate at risk? Uh, virtually every time when I've dealt with a client in this particular situation, they'd rather have their $2 million. So they're willing to do whatever it takes to protect that. And of course, you know, this motivation only goes up if it's not 2 million, but it's 5 million or 10 million or beyond. So know that real estate can be protected. We do sometimes have to take steps um, that are more drastic, but it is absolutely possible to protect real estate. So that's the first frequently asked question. Um, the second frequently asked question is, does waiting until after the threat has materialized to cross the bridge trust create a fraudulent conveyance? This is a great question. Let's look at the definition of fraudulent conveyance. A fraudulent conveyance is a conveyance with an intent to delay, hinder, or defraud a creditor. Now, I'm paraphrasing, but by and large, in every state, that is pretty much a good summary of what a fraudulent conveyance is. Some states call it a fraudulent transfer, and in California, they have renamed it voidable transaction, which actually I like the name. It's a good name because it, it, it describes what it really is. It's a transaction which can be voided. So if the conveyance occurs today when there's no issues whatsoever, you create the LLCs, you create the holding company, and you create the bridge trust, and you transfer your properties into it. You do not have a state of mind to delay, hinder, or defraud a creditor because we have no creditor. There's none existing. And with no creditor, it's very hard for them to argue that making the transfer is automatically um, a, a, a state of mind that you're trying to delay, hinder, or avoid a, an imaginary future creditor. However, some states have already said, and certainly it's foreseeable that some other states or courts will say, no, that's enough. Just transferring something into an asset protection vehicle could be deemed a fraudulent transfer or a voidable transfer. So the answer is, well, what happens if they, a court does deem your transfer into the plan, even done well before a lawsuit, voidable or fraudulent? Well, it depends. If the assets are still domestic and sitting there and available to a court, well, they can be reversed. That's the remedy, by the way, for a voidable transaction or a fraudulent conveyance is to reverse the transfer. However, if the assets are no longer here, meaning they have been transferred, the trust has been triggered, the account offshore has been set up, the control of the trust is offshore, then the impact of a court deeming your transfer fraudulent or voidable would be that it's still protected. This has happened. Um, this has proven to be the case. And um, my personal opinion is I would much rather have a court after the fact, deem a transfer as a voidable transfer, but still have the assets protected because my client's now in a position to still protect the money. And as I've said many, many times, asset protection is about leverage and about settlement. Rarely are we telling creditors to just go pound sand. 
we're usually trying to put our clients in a position where they can make a reasonable deal and settle the claim and get it behind them. So um, not doing asset protection just because maybe a court later would deem it a fraudulent transfer or avoidable transaction, in my opinion, is not a good strategy. I would much rather do it and then deal with a, a court saying that at a later date. Um, I can tell you in 22 years, I have had only a few cases ever even come to the point where a creditor has made the claim. And in, in none of those have they actually gone through all the way and, and asked and gotten a determination by the court that the transfer was in fact fraudulent or voidable. So statistically, it's very unlikely that that's going to happen. So uh, I hope that's helpful because that's a very common question. Um, the final question, number three, is could a court in the U.S. invalidate the trust? Well, yeah, the answer is absolutely. A court in the U.S. can do anything they want. They can invalidate any trust, whether it's a bridge trust, a foreign asset protection trust, a domestic asset protection trust. Um, in fact, as we pointed out earlier, that's why I'm not a huge fan of domestic asset protection trusts, because a court can invalidate it. So if California invalidates your Nevada trust, what can you do? I mean, you know, Nevada can't just disregard California. That's part of this whole constitution full faith and credit, where the courts must grant full faith and credit to the judicial proceedings of the other states. The more important question is, what's the impact of a U.S. court invalidating your trust? Well, if it's a domestic trust and the assets are still domestic, the impact is that the court may be able to reverse all the transfers out of there or reach the underlying assets of the trust. And that's a bad. However, if the trust is foreign, or if it's a bridge trust which has been triggered and you have crossed the bridge and it is now foreign, then the impact of a U.S. court invalidating the foreign trust is very little because the foreign jurisdiction is not going to recognize that judgment. The foreign jurisdiction is, in fact, statutorily prohibited from recognizing any judgment from a U.S. court or any other jurisdiction. So that's why I'm a huge fan of using the bridge trust and having the capacity to become a foreign trust in the future if it ever becomes necessary. Because that's the only way I can feel really certain that the trust is going to protect my client's assets and put them in a position to be able to negotiate and get whatever issue settled or resolved one way or another. I hope this has been very helpful to you. And remember, if you haven't heard the full six key concepts of asset of uh, protecting real estate, please go back and listen to them. And remember, it's your money. Act like it. My name is Douglas Lodmel, and we'll see you next time.